1: Remember, Bronco's country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Mile High Huddle Podcast. Let me do that again. I got to turn off my phone. That's a a rookie mistake, Zach. You know what's funny about that? Real quick. My phone, I'm notoriously hard to get a hold of on the phone because it's always on silent because of all the streams, right? And... I was expecting a phone call, didn't want to miss it today, so I broke my own you know, pattern and turned it back on, and first opportunity, it bit me in the butt. So there you go. Welcome in, everybody. It's the Mile High Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, my fellow football priest, you know him, you love him, Zach Kelberman. Zach, today is not only the aftermath of the season finale, but really it's the aftermath episode of the Broncos 2023 season. It's in the books. They finished eight and nine, missed the playoffs, um, securing the twelfth overall pick in the draft here in a couple of months. So, as we sift through the aftermath, and maybe a better way of putting it is the post mortem. What are some of your
2: uh, feelings on how this season shook out? Post mortem is uh, appropriate because the Broncos season is officially dead. I'm feeling the same way, pretty much, Chad. It's disappointing for sure. Um, It's disheartening the way they ended the year, but I'm already looking forward to 24, and it's exciting going through a quarterback search. I will say it's nice it being Black Monday today, not having to worry about a coaching search for once, but the quarterback search is exciting. There is the Natty title game on tonight. There's J.J. McCarthy versus Michael Penix. One of them could be a future Broncos quarterback. So overall, I'm kind of moving beyond 2023 and into 2024, which hopefully, fingers crossed, could be the year, should be the year, maybe will be the year.
1: Uh, Speaking of the natty, uh, of course, you got Washington, Michigan throwing down as we speaketh might be a little bit slow in the conversation tonight because it is a unique national title game. But Kathy across the pond in Germany says, uh, good morning. Who do we want as quarterback from today's game? Penix or McCarthy? I mean, Zach, if if the only options were the Broncos are going to draft a quarterback and, and these are the only two guys, I'm taking Penix all
2: day long and thrice on Sunday. I am too. I think he's a better version of Tua Tagovailoa. Uh, even though he's a lefty, there's that stigma about them. He's just a, a quarterback that's pro-ready for Sean Payton's system, and I would love to see what he can do built from the ground up. He could be a day-one starter, but fortunately the Broncos have Jarrett Stidham under contract to hold the uh, hold the fort and not have to rush either of those players' development, but I'm a big, big Pennix Energy fan, Chad.
1: I mean, there have been some prolific Southpaws in
2: NFL history.
1: I mean, even the Broncos will always have Tim Tebow. But, I mean, you got names out there, Zach, like Steve Young was a Southpaw. Michael Vick was a Southpaw. uh, uh, End of list. Stabler. Stabler. Um, Mark Brunel, remember him from the Jaguars? Uh, Jim Zorn going way, way back. Leinart, you know, prolific college quarterback, not much for. Wasn't David Garrard, too, a lefty? No, he was a righty. Was Let me he? double check that though. Uh I know left which was a righty. Maybe I'm right yeah, left that's true. Left which, well, wh- no, hold on. Left handed. Hold on. Hang tight, guys. Uh, he was a right-handed. No, that's not that's the wrong guy. Uh I'll circle back on that. But the point is, why are they less common in the NFL? Well, because left handed people are less common than right-handed people. Then you get Zach to some of the uh, scuttlebutt around the NFL, specifically that you know players train. You know the NFL embraces the ridiculousness of nuance to to such a degree that things like Bill Belichick, for example, prioritizing a left-footed punter because players are so used to the spin coming off of a right, uh, you know, right-footed kicker, and the inverse applies to how a lot of NFL teams, Zach, view left-handed throwers when the spin's coming opposite for receivers. It can require a little bit of an adjustment
2: for receivers, most of
1: whom caught passes from right-handed throwers most of their lives.
2: I don't see it as that big of a deal. I'm not the one out there catching passes from a left-handed quarterback, but someone like Tua, for example, Chad, he was being uh, touted as an MVP candidate when the Dolphins were off to a hot start. No one really dinged him from being left-handed. The bigger issue for me is that his blindside protector would be Mike McGlinchey, who's the worst in pass pro, arguably uh, among any Broncos offensive lineman who started this season. But if they were to end up, whether it's at 12 or maybe they move up a few spots for Penix, I would be very happy with that pick.
1: Uh, Let's talk about, uh, you know, Jarrett Stidham, right? Last night, uh, following the game at the podium, he kind of made his case for why he wants to, why he believes he can be the Broncos quarterback in 2024. He kind of reiterated many of those talking points today, Zach, as the Broncos hosted an open locker room to media. As the players cleared out their lockers and you know got everything they needed for the trip to Cancun, et cetera. But where do you think you know Sean Payton? Obviously, he wanted a spark, right? When he made the quarterback change, we 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 understand the true motivations for the quarterback change. But amongst the things Payton was looking for in that quarterback change is, hey, man, we need a spark. I don't really see any way that you could assert or argue that he was that spark or he provided that spark. Now you can break it down to, you know, a few other, a a few lower levels of analysis, Zach, and say some things were better, like the timing on passing routes and, you know, played in more to the strengths, for example, Zach, to receivers like Jerry Judy and Brandon Johnson, where the ball's coming out on time and, and that kind of thing. But as far as a spark and that it factor, I don't. I didn't see it in the in these two games that he started. But where do you think he stands in the eyes of say, the guy who matters most in this decision, Sean Payton?
2: Well, I'm right there with you. He was fine operationally. Stidham was, and he succeeded in his only goal, which was not get hurt and force Russ back into action. But you know, if you look at the numbers, I laid them out on Twitter last night. 496 passing yards. He took seven sacks. He had two touchdowns, one pick. He had one win and one loss. In my book, that doesn't qualify as a spark, Chad, and it's just more of the farce that Sean Payton was peddling that it was about performance and not about Russell Wilson's contract. But there's a reason why Sean went out and hand-selected Stidham as his backup slash future QB1 is that he – Whether genuinely or disingenuinely believes that he could be the guy, he's going to go out and give him the first opportunity to do so. A lot of that, I think, is based on last season and that start he had for the Raiders. Because if you look at the film this year, it's not a lot better than Russ. But Sean was looking for any reason to move off of Russell Wilson. That's my interpretation of it.
1: All right, so it's one of those. And by the way, uh, left, Leftwich, paradoxically, was a right-handed thrower. So was Gerard. Gerard however you want to say it it's Gerard right wasn't it David Gerard Gerard. yes anyway both righties for the record here since we brought it up earlier but um in the case of Sean Payton and the quarterback thing it's like hey on one hand I'm sitting here telling you Zach that I still do hashtag believe you know in Sean Payton or in Sean Payton I trust and if that's the case if I truly believe in Sean Payton and his ability to Lead this team into the future and officially cross the the line from the NFL doldrums back into full blown competitive relevancy. Then I got to also trust his read on the quarterback situation, and in that I'm making some assumptions. I'm assuming he saw what we saw, but to the nth degree, right? He knew the play calls. He knew what the reads were. He knew uh, the hot routes. He knew all the stuff. The pressures. He he knows, and I can't imagine any way, shape or form, he viewed either of those two games as a, you know, check in the plus column of why he should be Stidham asserted as the, you know, incumbent or the QB one for this team. It's got to be, if this is going to be a team, Zach, that does better than it did this year and wins more than eight games and actually makes the playoffs, et cetera. Jared Stidham is not the quarterback that's going to get you there. He's not. You want another six-win, seven-win, eight-win season, all right, play your boy. But you're going to have to do something you haven't done in a long time, in my opinion, and that is draft and develop a quarterback and try and get him on the grass ASAP. And, Zach, hey, if Jarrett Stidham turns out to be the guy keeping the seat warm for a couple, two, three, four games, pardon me, while the rookie's getting, getting ready to roll, then so be it. But as far as being tapped to carry the mantle in 2024, give me a break.
2: His arm strength might be a little better, but I see a lot of Brett Rippin and Jared Stidham. I don't see that much of an upgrade and certainly not that much of an upgrade over Russell Wilson. But the way I view Stidham, Chad, is he's a means to an end for Sean Payton. The the means was getting Russell Wilson on the bench. The end was moving on from Russell Wilson. It really could have been anyone that was the backup that was going to come in. It was more of the fact of not wanting to pay Russ, not wanting to work with Russ. At some point, Sean realized the marriage wasn't working out and he jumped ship as soon as he can. That's why it was ridiculous then. And it's ridiculous now to claim it was about performance all along.
1: Robot of doom. Always tried to get a Twitch comment or question every single night. Let's grab this one from one of our loyal, consistent listeners, viewers over on Twitch. He says, although the season ending uh is ending on a sour note on the bright side guess who just bought a super bowl 50 super bowl trophy signed by the mvp of that game von miller hey that's rad dude congrats to you uh that's that's gonna look cool in the man cave no doubt about it uh guys lots more to get to we'll see what's on your mind all that stuff a few quick matters of business including hey the Broncos season is over but You still have every reason in the world to make Little Caesars, which is the official pizza sponsor of the NFL, part of your game day. It's huge here at Casa Jensen. It's my favorite pizza. Some people roll their eyes at that because it's one of the more inexpensive pizzas. They go, oh, you wouldn't rather have this pizza brand or that pizza brand? No, legit. I would prefer Little Caesars any day of the week. I love it. It's delicious. And I like just the $5 pizzas out the door. Pepperoni, my son Theo, he will not eat any. Like, cheese is his thing, but it's Little Caesars cheese pizza. So we keep it pretty well stocked here at Casa Jensen. So order online during our Pizza Pizza pregame, one hour before as you get ready to watch the playoffs, and three hours after the NFL kickoffs, plus all-day Sundays. Get ready for some football and fun because you get to choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza.
2: Pick the toppings that you crave. Either way, Zach, you win. I'm with Theo. I'm pretty hungry, Chad. I didn't have dinner tonight and a little Caesar cheese pizza with some crazy bread, some marinara sauce on the side. Man, that sounds pretty good. I feel like a winner when I eat it. And speaking of winning, everyone scores with convenient delivery or our in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during the next game.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: Um, also guys, while we're here and it's a little bit of a lull, just got to remind you, make sure that you are following our main podcast account on Twitter X, whatever you want to call it. I still call it Twitter. We all know what we're talking about here at the MHH pod and our main account on Twitter at mile high huddle. Uh, and then don't forget to grab yourself a hat. Like your boys, your football priests are rocking tonight. MHH Another great way to help keep the lights on. All right, Zach. Um, the Denver Broncos. While we uh, we'll get we'll we'll see what's going on on people's what's on people's mind in the chat here, but I want to get your thoughts on the uh, twelve signings today. The Denver Broncos announced officially twelve players signed to future contracts. To wit, Tyler Batty, Beatty. It's Beatty, right? It's Tyler Beatty. Well,
2: no,
1: uh, running back Ben DiNucci, the quarterback, wide receiver Philip Dorsett. Tackle DeMontre Jacobs, uh, safety Devin Key, linebacker Darrell Nkami, uh, linebacker, rush linebacker Ronnie Perkins, guard Will Sherman, wide receiver David Sills, uh, defensive back Kyron Smith, and then cornerback Reese Taylor. So those were the 12 guys they swooped up today. Any uh, takeaways from, from the moves?
2: Not too much. The biggest one that stands out is Ben DiNucci, who's going to come back as probably the third quarterback behind Stidham and a Rookie, I'm assuming. Uh, Good developmental guy to have. Sean Payton obviously sees something in him, and he gave him that promotion during the season as a reward, so no surprise he's sticking around. Um, this is it's pretty cut and dry. I just want to address what William is saying here. The 12 guys sign kind of signals to me exactly how cheap we are going to get on this roster. Going to be a long 2024 season. I want to push back a little bit, William, because this is procedural. It happens at the end of every year. And mostly the guys that are on the practice squad to close out this season are the same ones who sign the future reserves deals going into the following season. It's just like a an off-season practice squad, if you were, that keeps these players around and in the pipeline for another year.
1: Exactly. These these type of signings, as soon as the season's over, are literally matter of course. So I wouldn't read any into it any deeper than that. That That's just housekeeping. Um, we got a super chat here from the swashbuckler himself, a Mount Rushmore super chat superstar raining. What's up, Gary? So good to see you, big dog. He says, who is on that futures list? I didn't see it. Ah, uh, the headline names again are Ben DiNucci, uh, the quarterback, running back Tyler Beatty, um, Batty. I, I'm still not sure on that. The Broncos, I don't think, have ever provided us with a legit pronunciation guide this year, uh, which was very frustrating for guys like us that have to talk onto a microphone. But Ronnie Perkins, uh, Devin Key, etc. So those are some of the names. We'll have an article yeah. dropping at MileHighHuddle.com listing each name and kind of what it all means from Zach here very soon. So keep an eye out for that, Gary. Thank you for the super.
2: Thank you, GLP. The
1: GLP and what he means to me. Super chat superstar. That's what it is. All right. Let me dive it back in here to the chat tonight. We might keep things a little bit brief guys, just because, you know, you got the natty on everyone wants to watch it. I mean, we appreciate each and every one of you for being with us uh, tonight. And, and get making us part of your watching experience. But like Mike's saying here, the Ronk, J.J. McCarthy's looking good right now. He's one of those quarterbacks, Zach, that can look really good at times and make you start really buying in and into him, into, believing in him in his draft stock. And then very shortly thereafter, like make you pay for that belief. And go, oh my gosh, what was I thinking? Um, boom bust to me type of quarterback. And it doesn't really fit. What you think about as far as that robotic kind of robot in the best sense, drop back quarterback that Sean Payton probably wants to run his offense.
2: Listen, if Sean Payton determines that McCarthy's the guy, I'll uh, defer to Sean Payton's expertise, but it would not be my first pick at quarterback. It wouldn't be my second or third pick at quarterback. There are three to four guys in this draft class that I would take over McCarthy, who I feel like you said is very high risk, high reward. And I don't necessarily see a 15 year all pro quarterback, um, with his abilities, but we'll see how the draft process plays out and we'll see how this game ends up shaking out because Penix might look nervous and rattled early, but the second half and the rest of the game is still, uh, still very nigh. Now we do not have
1: Mr. Producer in the house with us tonight. He's having, he might be able to join us here at some point, but he's having some technical difficulties. So uh, I'm I'm looking at my phone to make sure we're not missing any star comments. Thank you, Keith. So good to see you tonight. Big dog on Facebook. He says, Chad, Zach, would you trade up, stay put, or trade down? And more importantly, what do you think Sean Payton will do? This is one of those answers, Zach. I, I hate to say it for you, especially Keith, but it's going to sound a little bit like a cop-out. And I assure you, it's not it's, it's not what I'm trying to do here. But the answer to that depends entirely on how the board falls. Yeah. So if you are still sitting there at 12, for example, and Pennix is on the board, You do not look that gift horse in the mouth. You draft him. If it's McCarthy and let's say Bo Nix are all that's kind of left of the Big Five, etc., right now, then I'm probably then turning my mind's eye here, Zach, and all my scouting scrutiny on an edge rusher in the first round. If there's not a guy there that ticks the box for me, then I'm definitely uh, exploring trading back. But again, it's one of those things contingent on how the board falls. So if you keith or anyone listening if you have specific scenarios of how the board falls might be easier to answer some of those but hopefully that makes sense keith
2: yeah word for word i agree we talked about this last night keith as well on the uh the gut reaction podcast it's how the board breaks and how the Broncos rate these prospects. The thing is with the salary cap being what it is in the post Russ era, the Broncos need more picks, not less picks. They need cheap cost controlled players to round out the roster and rebuild that way. So one scenario I can rule out is a massive trade up. I'm speculating. I can't, I'm not, you know, connected, no inside information here, but I don't think they're going to move up to one to two to three. They can't mortgage the future for a third year in a row. And they don't have the capital quite frankly, to get it done. Now, if they're really enamored with someone, Chad, let's say Sean Payton falls smitten with Michael Penix in the pre-draft process. I could see a move up a few spots to 10 or nine or eight or whatever, max and give up a, a second or a third but it's more than likely they're going to stay put and take the best available player, whether that's a quarterback, edge rusher, receiver, offensive lineman, defensive lineman, cornerback, you can you name it, the Broncos need it, or you trade down, you stockpile more picks and have uh, more throws at the dartboard, so to speak.
1: By the way, tonight, guys, on Facebook, I got a little bit of a request. If your comment or question includes stars, actually type a star or type out stars in your question just so i don't miss it Uh, unfortunately StreamYard doesn't quite have it plugged in well with facebook their interface youtube it pops up for us if it's a super chat it's nice and color we get to see it's like hey you're not missing that but on facebook we actually have to be monitoring it to be sure and when mr producer is having technical difficulties that would be very helpful but thank you for being with us keith you're a a freaking badass dude. He's got a podcast himself, by the way, guys. Check it out. Um, we also have here, Zach, the Mile High Duchy in the house, Albert Knoppers, a legendary mythical member of our community. We missed you and your awesome wife at the meet and greet this year. But we do look forward to seeing you at the next one. And, yeah, uh, I'm ready for the new season. But first, Zach, we get to uh, enjoy an off season that is uh, going to feature a bona fide dra- uh, quarterback search for the first time in a while, I mean, you had from 2019 on, it was kind of the Drew Lock thing, then Russ comes. So really, what would that be, Zach? So for five years, we haven't had a bona fide quarterback search, so to speak, in the in the offseason. We've had plenty of head coaching searches, but I'm looking forward to it. And really what I'm looking forward to uh, is the Broncos actually doing this right, doing it the old-fashioned way, identifying their guy, do what it takes to get him. And if you have to move up a little bit in the draft, I mean, we talked a little bit about this last night. It's hard to predict, Zach, or project that this is going to happen. But if the Broncos are sitting at 12 and a guy like Penix is sitting there at 7 or 8, you can jump up into the top 10 and get him. It'll probably cost you a first-round pick on top of you know swapping picks this year and maybe a third-rounder. But if you actually did get your franchise guy – that might be a small price to pay. You don't have a first-round pick next year, but you've got your guy.
2: We also might have a GM search with uh, George Payton possibly being shown the door. There was that report by Ian Rappaport over the weekend that Payton's expected to return. But Adam Schefter went on a Denver radio station today and kind of said, not so fast, my friend, that the evaluation is ongoing and no decision really has been made on Peyton's future. Regardless, Albert, I'm always looking forward to the next season because that's what the Broncos are. It's always next year, next year, next year. But I'm also looking forward to the offseason because it's so unpredictable. Chad and I really live for the rumors and the the player movement, the free agency process, the draft. So I'm excited to see how the Broncos retool this roster in year two under Sean Payton.
1: Uh, Jay, you're with us pretty much every single night. We'll take the opportunity to get one of your questions here. We appreciate you, Big Dog. He says, is it true players are upset over Payton benching Russ? It's not like we were going to the playoffs with Russ. I don't see players pitching in to pay Russ if he gets hurt. It's absolutely true that many players were not on board with that. Now, that didn't mean, Zach, that they were going around trying to subvert um, Sean Payton and tank the remaining two games, but there were several players that uh, were not happy about it. A couple of the obvious public things that many people know. I mean, Garrett Bowles made it clear. He was frustrated by it. Um, I think Zach, it would probably be relatively safe to assume Cortland Sutton hated that move. I mean, look no further than yesterday's game. It was like, uh, they were speaking two different languages, Jarrett Stidham and Cortland Sutton. They just could not get on the same page. Um, I would hazard a guess. This isn't because he told me this, but I would hazard a guess, Zach, that, Justin Simmons probably wasn't down with it. Um, you know, the veterans, the guys who were leading the way and the, have been around and understand the 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 game, so to speak, both the economics, to quote Coach Payton, and then what happens on the gridiron, they weren't down for that. If it was going to happen, hey, just do it when the season's over. He's bled already, you know, whatever it was, Zach, uh, 15 games, let him finish out the season. But it was an economic decision, and those don't often go over well in a locker room.
2: No, and there is that report uh, by Jeff Legwald of ESPN. He he another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check, Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or twenty four seven in our mobile banking app. Framed it anonymously. No one really went on record, but uh, multiple Broncos players said they were, quote, pissed for Russ, just pissed for us. a lot of us. Uh, we won five in a row. We're all going to support Jared Stidham, but Russ was giving everything he had, another player said. So, yeah, it, it didn't go over well in the locker room, but fortunately the season's over now, and the Broncos players who are going to be back with the team in 24 know they're moving on and going in a different direction. It's all a matter of Sean Payton getting those same players to buy back in for another year
1: and when it comes from jeff legwald you can take it to the bank um former president of the pro football writers of america long tenured veteran beat reporter that dude's uh got ethics so that gives you a little insight into how uh players felt about it shout out to john libick in the house good to see you big dog hope you're doing well uh daniel Berry sports on youtube good to see you appreciate you being with us tonight Uh, All the early birds, especially on YouTube, David Yunkin, blow it all up. Uh, Kevin Gray, good to see you guys. Deuce from New Orleans. Um, Yeah, and it's true, Deuce. Maybe one of these QBs tonight will be our guy in the draft. If they are, which would you pick? Uh, We touched on that earlier, but it would definitely be amongst these two. uh, Penix for both of us. Zach, I'm going to grab this one here from uh, Kurt on facebook appreciate you being with us tonight kurt he says to get a spark out of the quarterback it helps to get a spark in the run game only 48 yards rushing puts more stress on the pass game fix the o-line stidham did throw for 272 yards a lot of that was garbage time though prescott threw for 275 yesterday but dallas has a strong o-line and running game i don't disagree with you on the on the your main assertions here kurt uh that's why and this is something that might differ Might what I'm about to say, Zach might differ from the perception within Broncos country or the easy go to take. But I honestly don't feel like, especially from a run blocking perspective that the o line was the problem. I don't think they have the best collection of running backs. Um, and when Javante Williams, Zach who's still recovering from his knees and still not quite 100% of uh, the same guy. I mean, it takes time, especially a knee injury as multifaceted as the one Pookie suffered, multiple ligament tears. It was going to take time. And you heard me complaining about this last night, Zach, that for the better part of the second half of the season, really, Javante Williams has been three yards in a cloud of dust, running into contact left and right. I don't know why they didn't try to get either of the uh, backup running backs a little bit more involved just for change of pace like – not to say they never got carries, but I would have liked to have seen P. Ryan get a few more bites at the apple. And obviously um, the rookie, McLaughlin, showed some stuff this year, but just not enough bites at the apple. The Broncos were so bad, Zach, on first and second down that third downs became even more epically uh, kind of outsized and out of whack. And what, how that shook out is you didn't get as many opportunities on as many first and second downs, as, and that's where running backs make their money. So it was kind of just a lot of events uh, conspiring against the Broncos this year from a rushing perspective. But this is a long-winded way, of, and I'll close it out here, of saying, I think amongst the other uh, holes they need to fill this year roster-wise is they do need to upgrade the depth in that room. And here's to me hoping that Javante Williams this offseason affords him that time to fully turn the corner on his injury.
2: Yeah. Number. I'm not really sure what Dallas has to do with this argument. Kind of seems like a non sequitur to me. Um, the O-line for sure has been a problem. And that's why when everyone was arguing, is it Russ? Is it not Russ? I said, Russ has been a problem, but he is not the problem. The O-line has been a problem, but it's not the problem. Those things have to be simpatico. It all starts up front. And if the if the O-line solid, the running game is better. If the running game is better, the quarterback play is better. But you broke it down quite well, Chad, about the stable of Broncos running back. Javante was less than a year removed from a catastrophic knee injury. He was definitely not himself. Samaj P. Ryan has been historically a backup running back in the NFL. And Jaleel McLaughlin, as electric as he could be, is st- was still an undrafted rookie. What they need is like what Detroit has with David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs. And the Broncos saw that firsthand, the combination of power and speed and the way they use their offensive weapons. Point blank, the offensive talent, the talent on the whole roster uh suffice to say wasn't good enough and they that's why if they don't come away with the quarterback you can pretty much throw a dart and nail a Broncos need
1: I mean I'm just going to read the, this real quick so this is the highest rated offensive line units of according to pro football focus entering week 18 so entering the season finale uh Philly number one Detroit number two Baltimore three Indy four Buffalo five Atlanta six Dallas 7, Vegas 8, Broncos 9, for what it's worth. It's a really good run-blocking starting five that the Broncos had for most of the season. Obviously, they weren't able to say that no player in the starting lineup on the O-line missed a start because uh, McGlinchy missed the final game. Um, and if that was a game that, you know, was con- a playoff berth was contingent on it, I'm I have a sneaking suspicion he would have played, but now from a pass blocking perspective, that unit still had its warts, but it was exacerbated significantly by Russell Wilson's uh, lack of poise as a pocket uh, player, so to speak. But Nick, what's going on, big dog? Good to see you. He says, "My priest, I can't believe the season is over. It went by so fast. I'm hop I'm hoping the off season goes." just as fast and that we can improve our roster to promote more of a winning culture much love rock and roll my dudes hashtag mhh for life right back at you and uh yeah time flies dude it'll it'll be here before you know it but we're just getting started enjoy the off season for what it is and um you know we'll march through it day by day
2: Yeah, we have a lot to cover of this offseason. A lot of uh, rumors and speculation will be flying about starting today. I touched on with George Payton. It's going to be quite the busy offseason, Nick, so be sure to buckle up. Uh, Robot of Doom actually also had a couple questions. Who's
1: our prediction for the Super Bowl? And then thoughts on 2024 opponents already? Um, Baltimore.
2: Yeah, I like... uh, Lamar stays healthy, Baltimore.
1: I like Baltimore as the AFC uh representative who do you like in the nfc zach going to the super bowl well
2: there's that conspiracy about the logo the super bowl logo being a, a foreshadowing of the uh of the super bowl opponents so i'm gonna go baltimore san francisco a rematch of the twenty twelve harbaugh harbowl yep. remember that the harbowl yeah 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 lights going out and all that That's right. in the uh, superdome
1: was it the superdome yeah mm-hmm. um beyonce yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if somehow the Chiefs find a way to freaking manufacture their best ball and fight through the tournament and make it, but I'm erring on the side of Baltimore, man. They just seem like a, a full-on juggernaut, and uh, Kyle Shanahan give that man his flowers because everyone thought the sky was falling. All the injuries to Jimmy G moves on. Brock Purdy last year emerges, and look what they do this year. Like, they take even many more steps forward so it wouldn't shock me zach i agree with you that would be probably my my first pick for the two super bowl reps uh this year being baltimore and
2: San Fran. it would be fun though if detroit got into the big game can you imagine dan campbell super oh, bowl yeah. media week on the biggest stage just given unfettered you know autonomy to do it and say whatever he wants so it's going to be a good playoff um tournament and starting this week with the uh the Stafford grudge match, uh, Los Angeles and Detroit. I don't know why I'm having a brain fart, but there's a lot of uh, interesting matchups on super wild card weekend to get us. Yes.
1: Plus if Detroit were to make it, I mean, I'm all for, uh, it used to be Zach as a fan, as, as the, my favorite team was an AFC team. I would always root for the AFC team, but what changed that? And that was especially more true because back when I was, coming up you guys many of you will remember this i mean from the last raiders super bowl victory uh, i can't remember was it 81 or 82 might have been a uh, 81 82 83 someone anyway it was like the broncos 97 season was the first afc victory in the super bowl almost two decades almost two decades and so it just became even more incumbent to root for the afc what also kind of ruined that for me, Zach, was the Patriots dynasty. I hated the Patriots so badly, I just could never, ever, except for maybe the first one. I'm trying to think back. Uh, I might have, I might have been rooting for the Patriots that first one where they upset the Rams, Brady's first ring. But still, I digress. Uh, I used to root for only AFC, but now it just depends. How cool would it be to see a team like Detroit who has many NFL championships? but you got to go all the way back to the fifties. They don't have a super bowl uh, championship. uh, Never even been
2: to the big dance. That would be rad. It would. It it comes down to how Jared Goff fares this postseason. Goff is a lot like Russell Wilson, or I guess he'd be the opposite of Russell Wilson. He's really good in structure, but out of structure, he tends to fall apart. Um, It's going to be a tough playoff run for him if he can make it through, but that would be a, certainly a fun matchup.
1: Uh, Yeah. Eric on Facebook, you know, it's, Pick who you, who it is you want to believe. Uh, Rappaport reported on uh, over the weekend that it appears that the triumvirate of Penner, Peyton, and Peyton is going to remain together in the Broncos' brain trust. And as Zach mentioned earlier tonight, Schefter appeared on Denver radio today and uh, kind of threw, maybe not through cold water on that, but pumped the brakes a little bit on assuming George Payton is safe. Um, we'll see. You know, it's like how much of what Sean Payton says are you inclined to believe. The more we get to know Sean Payton, Zach, the less I am inclined to believe the things he says on subjects like this. You know, he he went to bat multiple times in the off about Russ. We learn obviously as soon as he could, he benched him. As soon as the Broncos were out of the picture, they, they benched him. And then we heard, learned through other reporting, Zach, that he had some serious concerns about Russell Wilson, but wanted the job really resonated with the ownership in Denver and resolved to give it his best in year one to try and make it work with Russ and try and fix him as it were. And it didn't pan out. And yet all off long, he was talking about how underrated he is and he's a winner. And, you know, all this talk about his demise is uh, premature, et cetera. So he said, Zach, Sean Payton, how much, uh, how well the working relationship with George Payton has gone, how great it's been, et cetera, et cetera. So you have to start wondering how true that is, but we'll know before long. Um, Then again, it's not uncommon Zach for NFL teams. If, and when they fire their GM, they do it after the draft. So we might not know for a couple, a few more months yet.
2: Exactly. Yeah. You might just allow the draft people to remain in place and do their work. And then, you know, crap can him after the draft. Just that's, that's how the NFL goes, but it's become kind of a a running joke on Twitter. When a coach gets the dreaded vote of confidence, it's usually a sign that he doesn't really have that confidence. So the fact that the working relationship quote came out, isn't necessarily a guarantee that George, George Payton sticks around. And even if he does, it might not be in his current role. He might be demoted or otherwise reassigned within the organization. Uh, By the way, Todd saying what's up to everybody. Give some props to Dylan, who
1: is becoming a podcaster at MHH starting this Saturday. Thomas Hall officially had to step down as uh, one of the co-hosts on the Orange and Blue View podcast Saturday nights with Ron White. And there to step in and help carry the torch and move the needle forward for Orange and Blue View, Dylan Von Ark. So it's going to be really cool. Uh, Dylan, of course, been with us a long time. Started, Zach, as a Super Chat superstar. Came out to some meet and greets. Then we put him uh, kind of not really on staff. We kind of, he's like, hey, I can moderate you, help moderate YouTube. So, we're like, yeah, that, we could use your help on that. Then eventually, you know, we had him on the show many times as a super chat superstar, at least a couple of times. And then we made him a, a staff writer because his takes are legit and he knows what he's talking about. And he's worked hard, he's been diligent, the opportunities there. Dylan's getting it to be a, a podcast host on MHH. So, really excited for you, Dylan. Looking forward
2: to Saturday, dude. That's going to be dope. Yeah, Dylan's a really cool dude, man. I've enjoyed hanging out with him at the meet and greets. Very chill guy, and I wish him nothing but the best. I'll be tuning in, and I know he's going to kill it. So everyone be sure to check that out.
1: Colin, this is a uh, complaint of many people, really with Sean Payton all year long. Why the right tackle, uh, which was the biggest source of problems for the Broncos from a pass rush perspective or pass blocking perspective, why Payton didn't scheme more help to McGlinchey all year And then, of course, yesterday with Max Crosby just decimating Cam Fleming. Why, why, why? I wish I had an answer for you. I don't know. It's a question mark, uh, and it's something that you'd think Sean Payton would have to answer for, but he's kind of on scholarship for at least one more year he's on scholarship.
2: Either he thought that Cam Fleming can handle Max Crosby one-on-one, or he really didn't care uh, what the outcome would be. I feel like the Broncos treated this as an exhibition, a glorified preseason game, and the results weren't that surprising.
1: I agree with this, Patrick. Broncos running backs this year were a C-minus at best. Denver needs a guy like Gibbs in the draft. Absolutely. Uh, We have a super chat from Kathy jumping in in Germany, Deutschland. Appreciate you, Kathy. She says, if we miss out on a first round quarterback, who would you want to start? Steady or a free agent like a Jameis Winston or whoever is available? I would like uh, Daniels. Hashtag MHH for life. Talking about LSU quarterback Jaden Daniels. Yeah, I would love Daniels. I'd be all about that. But how are you going to get him? You know, he's projected by most current mocks being the third pick in the draft. Maybe even could go in front of Drake May, some people think. Um, but Zach, to her question, who would you want to start if the Broncos? It just doesn't line up for them to get a quarterback in the in the first round. What would your ideal sitch be at, for twenty twenty
2: four? Well, I'm really not understanding because if the Broncos missed out on a first round quarterback, how would they get Jaden Daniels, who's going to be a first round quarterback? Unless it's not Jaden Daniels and it's another player. Oh, I think
1: in her defense, she's
2: just saying that's my that's my favorite. But
1: like, what if it doesn't happen? What if they're unable to get one? Then what's the ideal? Path forward for at least this year.
2: I wouldn't like Jameis because you already have that veteran hold the fort guy and Jared Stidham. Why waste more money and why waste a roster spot on someone you already have? The ideal setup is Jared Stidham. He knows the offense. Uh, He's started a couple games in Denver. Let him roll into the season as the QB one with competition. I would love Jaden Daniels. I agree, Kathy, but any of the big three or four QBs, that's what the Broncos have to end the offseason with is that young developmental hotshot quarterback in the building. So to answer your questions, Jared Stidham, love Jaden Daniels. I'd be happy with Michael Penix as well.
1: Thank you, Kathy, for the super chat. A few of the names, all right, this is via uh, spotrack.com, if I can get rid of their little media player here. Uh, Projected unrestricted free agents, 2024, Zach. Uh, Kirk Cousins. uh, Can't afford them. Ryan Tannehill, Jacoby Brissett tarod taylor marcus Mariota, sam darnold uh James winston as she mentioned drew lock uh, baker mayfield that's gardner that's Minshew, teddy uh Hunt, tyler huntley joe flacco i mean and it just it's more names like that of that list of guys i would say in a vacuum honestly i would say baker mayfield in a vacuum but th- this isn't happening in a vacuum it would be a temporary placeholder for you to go out and get your guy in the draft next year because this is again under the assumption of Kathy's question being what if you just aren't able to get your quarterback in this year's draft so you're finding someone who can float the boat keep you competitive this year while you live to fight another day in the draft next season beyond Baker Mayfield honestly Zach for me on this list of names uh You know, factoring in contracts, as you mentioned, Kirk Cousins can't afford him, not when you're already over the cap and dealing with all those dead, uh, dead money hits from Russ. For me, it would be on that list. Gardner Minshew.
2: You can't afford Baker Mayfield either. He's going to command a hefty contract True. after getting the Bucks back to the postseason. I would take Jacoby Brissett out of that bunch. He's proven to be a really good spot starter. He's quick to pick up any scheme and he wouldn't break the bank. But again, it'd be a fool's exercise. You already have that hold the fourth, the insurance policy, the veteran guy. You need that young rookie behind him
1: couple names, though, just to keep in the back of our minds. This isn't me asserting them as great solutions, but quarterbacks that Sean Payton, Zach, has made hay with in years past. Uh, Jameis Winston is one of those guys. Teddy Bridgewater is one of those guys. I'm looking here to see if there's another name. I mean, of the players currently scheduled to be UFAs, there you have it. Ronk, lots of people have concerns about Caleb Williams. Yeah, they do. Um, Could you see, Zach, him not ending up not going number one overall?
2: I mean, I never say never with anything, but I do think uh enough scouts and NFL people have fallen in love with his potential. I don't think he's Andrew Luck coming out, though I do think he's supremely talented. You can make the case that Drake May will have the better career than Caleb Williams, but I still think he's going number one.
1: We shall see. Thank you, Ron. Good to see
2: you guys. And we're about out of time here tonight,
1: everybody. So if you have a burning topic, get it in the chat. Phil, always, always in the chat, always supportive, uh, throwing down stars and helping us keep the conversation going. We love you, big dog. He says, I'm on my way to my grandson's basketball game. I'll watch later. Just wanted to send some love. Hashtag Buckham. Hashtag MHH for life. Well, hopefully they win. Hopefully it's a good game. Yeah. Uh, Go Phil's grandson. Always fun. Love it. I've spent a lot of my time lately at uh, my son's high school basketball. You know, he's a tall drink of water. He's a, he's a uh, sophomore, Zach, my son. And uh, he's already six, five. Nice. He has an NBA career ahead of him. Maybe Chad, I'm trying to help him cultivate as the kids call it. The top G mindset, you know, Hey, eye on the prize, you might, you, you have a chance at least anyway of getting your, your college paid for if you sure. stay focused. So anyway, really cool, Phil. Appreciate you, brother. Um, okay, let me see if there's anything else here. Uh, let's grab this from Albert. Do you see Vance Joseph uh, coming back, obviously, as defensive coordinator next year? I do, Zach, but it it is the NFL, and I'll quote what you just said. You never say never. Nothing I try to avoid using absolutes in my life, generally speaking. But in the NFL, nothing surprises me. Nothing would surprise me. Uh, Too many times have I been just slobber knocker, shocked over little things to the point where now I can project, I can tell you what's most likely, but nothing would shock me. I think, though, Vance Joseph, Zach, in all fairness, after a horrific, historically bad start, showed that, you know, he's – he's competent as a defensive coordinator uh give him give him a pass rusher um maybe help him upgrade a couple spots on that defense and i think you'd be okay with vance as your as your guy
2: Eh, uh, I mean, I'll leave my personal feelings aside. If I was Sean Payton, I would have fired VJ or I would fire VJ and just get Wink Martindale for example, who's resigning from the Giants. That would be an upgrade in my opinion over VJ, but what I think is going to happen is he'll be brought back for another year given better talent and then he'll be fired quickly if things don't turn around in 24.
1: Maurice, appreciate you, my friend. He says, "Hey, happy New Year priest. Just wanted to thank you for navigating Broncos country through yet another crazy season." Also, you guys got me through a year of unemployment during that thing back in 2020. Yeah, that was that was the year 2020 was the year, Zach, that the podcast for us really kind of just rocketed into the stratosphere because we didn't know if there was going to be a a, a football season. And all we really had at that point, Zach, for the offseason was each other. So it was a lot of fun.
2: It was a lot of fun. 2020 feels like a fever dream, pun intended, Chad. But I remember a lot of um, the formative years of the podcast and a lot of people uh, like you reaching out. So we, we, you got us through it like we got you through it. That I can say.
1: But guys, thanks for joining us tonight. Before we dip out, we have a few messages. So don't leave.
2: Tremendous episode of the aftermath edition of the Broncos season finale. If you haven't done so, please follow us on Twitter at the MHH pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter at mile high huddle Chad at Chad and Jensen, myself at Kelberman NFL and Scott, our producer at scout Kennedy. If you guys want some merch like we're rocking each and every podcast check out mhhmerch.com and get you some if you haven't drop us a like at facebook.com slash mile high huddle pod you can find us on instagram at mile underscore high underscore huddle and if you haven't if you're on apple podcast make sure you're leaving your football priest a five star review for a chance to win that merch each and every single month but if anything y'all please subscribe like and share this video and every video you see on the mhh channel it really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you
1: shout out to the superstars and supporters on facebook tonight helping us keep the lights on on a little bit of a slow evening uh phil mclaughlin michael ronquillo keith brugman gary palmer kathy in germany much love and respect and so many awesome regulars char hope you're doing well it's good to see you tonight much love and respect but uh Zach and I, we're back in the saddle Thursday night. Look forward to seeing you guys then. Scott, I don't think there's a BFB in the morning, right? So events are conspiring. Nick still, you know, newborn, all that. No Broncos for breakfast tomorrow morning, but you get some building the Broncos tomorrow night, Mile High Insiders Wednesday, then we're back Thursday. So looking forward to seeing you guys then. Don't forget all the articles that we're going to be cranking out furiously, including after this podcast tonight at milehighhuddle.com so have a great week everybody we'll see you thursday
2: that's us chad furiously cranking but have a great start to your week all we'll see you thursday night take care and as always go broncos
0: head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things broncos